Welcome to Finding Your Bench, brought to you by Parkside Investments, a show designed to help listeners overcome the challenges associated with preparing for retirement. Hello and welcome to Finding Your Bench. This is Nelson Green with Parkside Investments, and today's episode explores the use of options within a portfolio. I'm joined by Alan Cole, founder and president of Parkside, as well as Todd Needleman, our vice president of equity derivatives. The goal of this episode is not to make you an expert in options trading, but to give you a better sense of how these instruments play a vital role in the portfolio construction process. So Todd, since this is your first appearance on the show, can you just give us a brief background of your experience? Sure, I'd love to. Uh, after graduating from the University of Wisconsin some time ago, uh, you know, I've spent the last 30 plus years in the trading industry and um, I've had various stints uh, at a number of Chicago-based firms. I've spent time with Goldman Sachs in their trading operation. I spent time with one of the first, I would say, pioneers of electronic options trading, hold trading as well as a number of years with a local hedge fund uh, called Peak Six, trading in various numbers of strategies and disciplines. And uh, a lot of people know this, but you and Al have known each other almost all your lives. So uh, was it like now working with someone that you've known for 40 plus years? You know, that's a good question. I'd say after 40 years, you tend to get to know someone pretty well. Sure. And it's interesting to me that even though Alan and I bring different disciplines to this mission we have here at Parkside, I think we all or I should say we both operate with a similar mantra, which is to act slowly, steadily, and with methodology uh, that makes sense. And I think that's what has brought us to this point. And having this type of experience is, is definitely a differentiator for Parkside. Alan, let me turn this over to you because I'd like to talk to you about why you feel it's important to have this type of experience at the firm. Well, there, there are two different issues that I see that options can be beneficial. One is that there are some options trading strategies where we can actually create an investment strategy that complements other traditional investment uh, strategies that we pursue. And the other is more of a special situation where a client may have concentrated stock positions that they may want to have certain strategies apply to those to help them achieve goals, uh, be it through uh, providing additional income or hedging their positions, protecting against downside risks, et cetera. So speaking of risk, I think most of the general public would probably hear the term options and say, oh, you know, that's, that's not for me because there is such a perceived correlation between option usage and risk. Do you have thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a great question because, you know, on their face, options are inherently more risky than owning stock because there's a time, a shortness of time element to it, as well as there can be a leverage aspect of it. But the way that we look at options is as a, as a way to either mitigate some risks or to generate some additional income, but in a less volatile and a less risky manner. So as the case with virtually anything, you can do things in a risky way or you can do them in a less risky way. All circumstances you know, that, that we're really looking at and that we're discussing are strategies that are more at reducing risk and generating additional income opportunities. 
That's helpful. And I think you, you started to get into a little bit. There's so many different ways you can use options and people hear things like calls and puts and straddles and strangles. But Todd, back to you, because this is your expertise, maybe for the folks out there that really aren't familiar with these strategies and these terms, can you just tell us what a standard call option would be? An option by itself is simply a contract uh, between a buyer and a seller. And that contract gives the buyer or seller in that underlying product, and in this case, since we deal with stocks, this is an option on stocks, it gives that caller, buyer, let's say, the right to purchase a stock at a certain price by a certain time expiration, as Alan alluded to in terms of the time component. So it works for calls and what are called puts, two different sides of the equation. But as Alan also said, they can be used very rudimentary and very in ways that are defensive, as well as more speculatively, which is something we don't do, but can be done with options. That's helpful, but I'd like for you to go one step further and maybe tell the listeners about what a covered call is, because that's also a term that's passed around really frequently in this industry. Sure, and I'll give an example just to hopefully clarify. So when we talk about covered calls, I mean, what we're really talking about are uh, two positions that marry, marry one another. And by that, I mean, typically you'll own some stock and the offsetting side is selling a call option on that stock. So for example, let's say you own 100 shares of Apple for $150 a share. And what you can do as a covered call strategy is perhaps sell one call option of Apple that gives, um, and, we'll, and we'll say it's struck at $160 expiring at some time in the future. So effectively what we've just done is we've purchased the shares, but we have given we have sold that right to a contraparty. And that contraparty then holds the right to purchase that stock based on a 160 price assuming the stock gets to that level before those options expire. So we receive a premium for that sale which comes into the account. And then we, we basically wait and watch and see and react from that point on in terms of what we might want to do. So you gave us an explanation for call, cover call. What's the benefit of even having this in the portfolio? When we comprise a portfolio of X number of stocks, um, use, the use of call options greatly enhances our ability to generate premium income for the fund. Um, in a sense, it also reduces volatility risk. And by that, I really mean it's diminishing the total amount of risk by the amount of premium that we're taking in from those call options. And it also just gives us a, a way to generate a return on the stock if the stock should go nowhere in that time frame. So it's a way to, again, enhance returns in a, in a methodical, uh, disciplined way. You know, I think that with a cover call strategy, th there's a few things that, that one can do. One is if if you aren't really sure that the market or a specific security is going to go up dramatically, you can give up the right to a certain level of appreciation. And in exchange for you giving up that right, you're going to take in income. And, and one of the benefits is that if you happen to have a stock that is just sort of meandering along and not really performing for a period of time, you can still generate a return on that security by writing or selling call options and taking in that extra premium. Utilizing this within a portfolio strategy, you can have a basket of stocks that you like the fundamentals of those securities, 
but generally not all securities are going to move up at exactly the same rate or at the same time. And you can help uh, sort of balance the unevenness of how the individual securities move by generating an income stream of selling uh, call options against that. We think it's a pretty attractive strategy that can complement more traditional long-only strategies uh, and particularly would be favorable should the markets not go up in a straight line like they seemingly have for the past several years. And you had talked about options in kind of two buckets, right? The first bucket's going to be the traditional sense, which you're talking about in the the call strategies and generating that income. Um, I'd like to move over to the different bucket, which is a special situation. You talked about concentrated stock. So let's say I'm lucky enough to work for XYZ company and I was granted, you know, call it a hundred thousand shares right when I right when I joined. And this company went public. So now I'm I'm feeling good because I made 10 million bucks, right? But this is a substantial part of my net worth. And it's a concentration risk for me if this is 90% of my net worth. How can options play a role for me in that particular situation? Well, we'd sort of want to know what are the goals and objectives for this concentrated position? Are you looking for downside protection? So are, are you really worried? And, and let's just say that this is a considerable amount of your net worth. Are you worried about the value declining? And quite frankly, you, the most important objective that you have is how can I protect that downside? Or you could also have a view, I've got this $10 million of wealth that I'd like to figure out how I can generate an income stream without necessarily selling the stock because selling the stock may generate a lot of tax consequences that I don't necessarily want to deal with right now. So how can you use option strategies to pursue that? Depending upon what the overall objective is, we can help develop a game plan to meet whatever those needs are. Todd, from your experience, do you have a, a different angle to approach this? I do, in a sense. Uh, if, you, if you view the options market as like a vast insurance marketplace, you'll see that there are buyers and sellers of all kinds of risk scenarios coming together to exchange options at various prices based on whatever their motivations are. And so to add on to what Alan was saying, what we can do here is assess all the markets as they pertain to these concentrated stocks, for instance, and we can isolate what we think are, let's say, good prices to pay for risk insurance. And that depends, of course, on the risk tolerance of the client. But our ability to assess the risk in terms of the premiums that are either offered or bid for is where we add value to the process and, and determining where we can mitigate risk at a reasonable value for the client. That's great. I, I really appreciate you guys diving into that a little bit deeper. So listen, in 15 minutes, we're not going to eliminate all the ambiguity around options in the option market, but just as some closing comments, what do you want someone to walk away with after listening to the session? I'd be happy to jump in here. You know, I think as we've mentioned earlier, the options market is a very useful place and it's a tool I should say options are tools that when used with experience and expertise, they can be used very profoundly in ways to reduce risk, 
as well as enhance investment return opportunities. You know, as as we look at the world, you know, going forward, we think option strategies can be a useful tool. You know, if if one considers that we're in a post-COVID world, hopefully we're in a post-COVID world, market volatility is likely to be more pronounced. We have a Fed Reserve policy that is likely to change over the coming months, quarters. Interest rates are going to be more volatile. The markets are going to be reacting to changes in economic economic expectations. Inflation is a huge worry. And because of all these factors, we think that the markets are going to be more challenged. Returns may not be quite as strong in the equity markets over the next five to 10 years as they have been for the last five or 10 years, call it. And as such, you know, are there strategies that we can take advantage of that can help make improvements, enhancements to the returns of a traditional strategy to complement long-only you know, equities? And we think options are an important component that we'll be able to capitalize on the volatility, enhance returns, and potentially provide a a total return opportunity set that's better than just traditional strategies by their own. That's a really good point to wrap up on. Um, As mentioned, this is not designed to make you an options expert by any means. And if we were unclear on anything throughout the episode, please feel free to give us a a ring or visit us at parksideinb.com. We're always welcome to field any questions you may have around this particular topic. Uh, Alan, Todd, thank you. I thought this was great. Definitely one of the more technical topics that we've covered so far in this podcast, but uh, definitely very valuable. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for listening to Finding Your Bench with Parkside Investments. For more information or to get in touch, please visit us at parksideinv.com. The opinions expressed in this program for general information purposes only are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education around the financial industry. To determine what investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested in directly. As always, remember, investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional.